Welcome into the next edition of ESPN FC. I'm Dan Thomas, joined in the studio today by Ali Moreno and Shaka here. So we saw all the excitement yesterday, the Spanish Super Cup semi-final between Atleti and Real Madrid. We used all that excitement up, uh, basically. <laughs> yeah, we did. Oh, yeah. Barca would win, too. Now Barca fans will be happy, certainly, with the result. Lewandowski happy with scoring an open play. Was it a foul, did you think, boys, in the build-up? No. no. Are you sure you, you want to no. think about it? <laughs> it was no uh, foul. Yamal uh, would score a late goal to guarantee Barcelona a place then in the final against Real Madrid on Sunday. For more on this, uh, Luis Garcia uh, joins us. Oh, Luis, instantly forgettable. <laughs> Easily forgettable, let's say it this way. And of course, everybody looking to the final. I guess that uh, it's true that it wasn't a good game. It's true that uh, Osasuna didn't put a good performance. Defensively, yeah, we can say that they hold there. But we knew that at some point, one mistake, one deflection, he will arrive the first goal. I was expecting Barcelona to score earlier on the game. So... Uh, Osasuna needs to open up a little bit and then you in transition can score may maybe one or two more goals. So they score two. Uh, good enough to arrive to the final where we can expect a better game. We can expect a better Barcelona because if Barcelona doesn't get better, doesn't get faster, doesn't get more intense, probably they are not going to win this trophy. But uh, at least we saw good moments of Barcelona when Pedri is mm. on the ball. We saw good moments where when Joel Fanny was on the ball. You can see that uh, if he's on the ball, if he's active, he can be a... An important player for Barcelona, but there is needed a lot of things from this Barcelona uh, to, to change uh, if they want to win against Real Madrid. And we saw a nice finish, obviously, from Lewandowski. Much needed for him to boost his confidence, Luis. Yes, we're talking a lot about uh, uh, the balls that Lewandowski was uh, uh, receiving and how the players were trying to find him. In this occasion, it's a very good run, a fantastic ball. And the composure he have when, well, this is the best of Lewandowski when he is near the box. My only concern is that so many often we don't see Lewandowski into those positions. We saw one time in, into the first half and he had uh, missed, but not many times uh, he is in that position. Inside the box, ready to receive the ball. Most of the times he's on the wide areas, arriving late. We saw on a couple of occasions arriving to the last end and making the cross and Lewandowski wasn't there. So my only concern is that, that sometimes he's trying to receive the ball in positions where he's not effective. That position, of course, has got the end product. Luis, did you think it was a foul in the build-up to the Lewandowski goal? No, I don't think so. I, I think that you can see in the replay, even in a slow motion where everything looks worse, uh, we see that Christian Sengias arrived, holds his body, doesn't try to get intense on the ball because he's far away from his goal, he's on the play on his back. And the player, as soon as he received the contact, he left himself going forward. A point where even uh, Christensen didn't arrive. So I don't think that he's... Uh, I think he's a, a good call from the referee. Uh, no disrespect to Osasuna or Atletico Madrid, but I think it's fair to say this is the final uh, <laughs> that most people would have wanted. It will then be Real Madrid against Barcelona on Sunday. Uh, let's just remind you what happened the last time these two teams met. This was, of course, not in Saudi Arabia, uh, but in Montjuic, and it turned to be, it turned out to be a little bit of a season-defining, or well, certainly up to now, uh, results, as we would see, of course. Barcelona open the scoring here, Ali. And Gundogan gets a little fortunate with the deflection by Chouameni. And Alaba doesn't get there in time, doesn't quite make enough of a challenge. It pops up to Gundogan, who does well, opens up his body, puts it in the back of the net. And then Jude Bellingham thought, right, I better do something, Shaq. Yeah, as he'd been doing all season long. <laughs> I, I, this almost feels like it's out of frustration. Real Madrid 
We're fighting hard to bring Barcelona to the Dome, but then Jude Bellingham just produces that. And what can you do about that? And then things will get even better for Carlo Ancelotti's side. Modric plays it in, and uh, oh, it's Bellingham again. <laughs> it's that little touch by Luka Modric. Again, a touch of good fortune for Real Madrid. Pops it up and over Inigo Martinez and Bellingham. Three yards out, my kind of range to one. And the reason I said that's kind of defined the season so far because Real Madrid then went on an upward trend, Barcelona in the opposite direction, so much so that they are seven points off Real Madrid. Remember, they are defending champions at the top of the table. Uh, Luis, what's intriguing going into this final, and I know it's Barcelona, but from Real Madrid, you feel they could afford to lose this and it'll still be okay given their position in La Liga. For Barcelona, the last thing they need with everything else that's going on is to go into this clash and lose against their big rivals. Yes, uh, I think that at the moment, if someone needs a win, is Barcelona to try to get that confidence that is is missing at some at so many points on the games. You've been seeing Barcelona in the past two months or even in the beginning of the season, and you could see the lack of confidence between the players in the moments of of, of uh, frustration. Uh, you can see the missed passes, the misjudgment uh, during the whole game. So at the end, if someone is to win, it's Barcelona. And it's going to be a, a game that anyone can win because, mm. of course, right now, if we can say a favorite, it's going to be Real Madrid. For the moment that they arrived, of, of, of La Liga, uh, easily going through in the knockout stages of um, the Champions League and arriving easily to the final. And as you can see, recovering players from injuries. So favorites are right now. Uh, Real Madrid, but these kind of games, you know that anything can happen. And one of the best Barcelona that I've seen so far this season, it was those first 45 minutes on the El Clásico in La Liga. So we'll see what kind of Barcelona we we see at the weekend. It's an intriguing one, isn't it, Ali? Well, it is. And we've we've mentioned Barcelona and their struggles offensively. And Lewandowski, can they create enough opportunities? Can he put away the chances? In playing against Real Madrid, while I would be concerned about what Barcelona does offensively, I'm far more concerned as to what happens defensively because that has proven to be the difference between the Barcelona that we saw last season and what we see this season. Defensively, they're all over the place. And if there was one team in Spain that can expose those spaces and can expose a team that can get stretched, that can get disorganized, it is the moments of transition of Real Madrid. So picture Rodrigo, picture Vinny Jr., picture Bellingham. Bellingham running out of the midfield. Who tracks those runs? Where's the communication for Barcelona. These have all have been issues over the course of the season for Barcelona. It's not something that I'm just pointing out right now. It's clear to see. Real Madrid can exploit those problems from Barcelona, those issues from Barcelona that happen time and time again. So while we focus on Barcelona and what they do with the ball, if I were Barcelona and Xavi, we'd be far more concerned with what we do without the ball. It's good, though, Shaq, isn't it, from a neutral's perspective? Uh, uh, in that, you know, these are two teams that are going to go out there, put out their first 11s, both trying to win at all expense. Yeah, without question. And regardless of, of what you think of, of, of this competition, the, the significance of it to either these two clubs, whenever Real Madrid and Barcelona meet, it, it means something. And, and you cannot take anything away from that. Um, Barcelona need a good performance and a good result here just to maybe spark their, their season because, let's be honest, they've been really poor up to this point. But as you, the point you made in their, their first encounter and, and how that late win um, affected Real Madrid, 
Barcelona needs something just to get a spark because we've been sitting here and waiting and waiting for it to happen and it just hasn't come together. Maybe this is the, this is the performance and the result that gets their, their season going because as of right now and, and while the, the gap at, at the top is seven points, it doesn't look like it's going to get any smaller anytime soon. And what, what happens if it's not the spark? What happens if it goes the other way, in the other direction? And that, that I think is a scary thought and a scary question for Barcelona and Barcelona fans because, look, we can sit here half glass full and say, hey, this could be the moment. Mm -hmm. They turn their season around. They turn momentum. Go back to last year in Supercopa final, how well they play. Okay, here we go. But what if it's not half full? What if it is half empty and the team doesn't quite respond? And what is more likely that we see from Barcelona is what we have seen up until this point, a team that can be underwhelming. And Real Madrid can exploit that. If indeed that's the case, does, does this take then this team into more of a spiral in which the negative momentum becomes unsustainable or, or it, it becomes to the point to where you cannot control it if you're shabby and the players? If you're looking for confidence, Real Madrid is not the team you want to play. That's all I'm saying. Uh, that's a chappy will copy that for his pep talk. Hey, I know, I know. Uh, I mean, I thank know. you very much. I know. Hey, Luis, look at this. Ten past ten in Spain. You've finished early today. You're loving it. So what are you going to do in the evening? Decent. Thank thank. Thank you very much. Yeah, good rest. It will be fantastic for today. Would you like to come back for extra time? Oh, yes, please. Yes, please. <laughs> Professional. <laughs> I got another call. I got another call. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> what? Uh, Luis, thank you very much. It is Real Madrid against Barcelona in the Spanish Super Cup final this Sunday on ABC and ESPN Plus at 1.30 Eastern. Did you know less than 10% of Americans own an e-bike? Here's why that should change. Studies show e-bike owners actually end up exercising more, plus getting outside more. If you're looking for a balanced lifestyle and everyday adventures, you need to check out Electric e-bikes. They are the number one selling e-bike brand in America. Their bikes are typically foldable, pre-assembled and have serious range up to 150 miles on some models. Check them out today at electricebikes.com and add some more adventure to your week. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-Bikes.com. Passion, drive and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights and more. Whether you're into speed, power or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Meanwhile, tomorrow sees the return of the Bundesliga. It all kicks off with Bayern Munich against Hoffenheim. Our studio coverage with Ali Moreno and hey. Kay Murray starts yeah. at 2 p.m. Uh, meanwhile, Borussia Dortmund, Jadon Sancho is back. 
Uh -huh. Of course, it has been a nightmare for him since he left the Bundesliga, making that big money move to Manchester United. But he returns on loan with a big smile on his face. The big question is whether or not it will be a success. And here to answer it, we welcome the beautiful, the one, the only, Jan Argafjortov uh, joins us. Jan, what is the answer to that question? I think that um, money can't buy, buy, can buy love. Uh, and I think that it's going to be hard for him to come back to Dortmund to play as good as he did because we tend to forget in football. We tend to forget very quick. At the, at the time when he left Dortmund, he was the most wanted player in the whole world. Then something went wrong. Something went big wrong. And you see the stats what he had uh, at Dortmund. That was a bit different. Is that an understatement of the day uh, than he did at Manchester United? Uh, we can discuss a lot what went wrong at Manchester United, but we do know that he was a big, big success at Dortmund. That being said, coming back to a Dortmund who is struggling, been fantastic in the Champions League, been, been terrible uh, in, in the Bundesliga. They're not even the first challenger to, to Bayern anymore. So this is a time for him to come back. I think this is a second chance for him to show what he is made of. Uh, there was a lot of talk about this attitude, becoming late and everything. I was very close on Twitter or X to write when he arrived with a plane to ask if he was too late uh, oh, on that plane because oh. there's a lot of... But it's, yeah, because there's a lot of talking. And I think that some of these young kids, and we've talked about some of them uh, at this show, they have to make sure that their attitude is proper because there are so many great players out there. There is no time for, for being not lazy or not, not having the right attitude. I just hope for him that this could be a success. How do Dortmund fans feel about it, Ian? I think they will love it. Uh, th there is a saying saying they'll never come back and mm. second time back to a club and all that kind of thing. Uh, I think that that is a sparkle that they needed because in the last year, Dortmund has turned into a normal Bundesliga club. They get some players in, a bit older, just take them in for for the sake of it. They always had a had a, a policy of getting the great young players in Dembele, Haaland, Sancho, uh, Bellingham, all these kind of players coming in. They've lost that a bit. So I think they see this is a is a restart. You know they have changed a bit around around the coaching. Instead of firing Terzic, they've taken in, for example, uh, or or they have taken in Sa uh, uh, Nuri Shahin and and Sven Bender to kind of ease the pressure on Terzic. Uh, but we all know it's all about results and they have to get them quick. As you mentioned, Jan, of course, they've been dreadful domestically, not in the Champions League, but domestically so far this season, still experiencing a hangover after what happened on the final day. They sit fifth. The big title rivals at the moment, of course, are Bayer Leverkusen. They are ahead of Bayern Munich going into Bayern's clash on uh, Friday. Now, Mia Forsberg, of course, knows a lot about the Bundesliga. He made the move from Leipzig to MLS, and he was asked about the title race in Germany. Your entire time in the Bundesliga, you've only really known one champion, and that's Bayern Munich. Mm. You see what's unfolding this year. Do you think Leverkusen can do it? I think they're doing a fantastic job. I've been, I said it. I said it after the first game we played against them. We lost three-two, but I said, oh, "What a team!" And they're just getting better and better. Uh, but yeah, let's see. I think they're great challengers. Leipzig as well. I think it's a lot to play for. Uh, you have some good teams up there, uh, but I think 
in the end it's going to be between Leipzig, Leverkusen and Bayern and I think I, I'm glad it's that way that it's not only Bayern, Bayern, Bayern every year even if they win sometimes but we need a more exciting exciting ends to the season and I think this year is going to be really really exciting. What is it about Xabi Alonso's team tactically that's just so difficult to play yeah, against? I mean they're just knowing just finding the right spaces knowing putting small passes to open up that space I think he's just he got time to, to bring his idea into the team. You could see it almost, already last year a little bit, but this year especially, you can see that they're understanding, doing what he wants to do, and it's fantastic football. You mentioned you've only you see Bayern every year, every mm. year, every year. Is that a bad thing for the Bundesliga? Sometimes, of course, it's if you only have one winner, it's in the end not fun. But I think now every team is developing more and more, and Bayern as always have fantastic players, it's an incredible club. But I mean, now with Leverkusen and us trying to be better and better every year, Dortmund as well, I hope, hopefully, it can be like this, the way it is now, that it's even, that it's until the last game, like it was last year with, last year with Dortmund and Bayern. Uh, because every, everybody wants that. You don't want buy-in, for example, champions with five uh, games left. You know, it's not fun for everyone, <laughs> except the buy-in fans. Uh, just a reminder, this other bookies have things set. Bayern Munich are still three to one on to go and win yet another title. But Bayer Leverkusen will fancy themselves certainly the way they started the season under Xavi Alonso. Uh, is it fair to say that aside from Bayern Munich fans, everyone else wants them to lose, Jan? <laughs> yeah, yes and no. Of course, when you're winning so many times, you want another winner. That is also about the brand of Bundesliga. But it's also a fact, and that needs to be sorted. A lot of Germans have Bayern as their second favorite team, you know. Yeah. So, and every player, every player wants to go there. And there's a lot of things that the love of English football fans they don't understand what's going on there. The, the thing is now. It's, it's quite interesting. This is interesting to follow. Just see how many Leverkusen key persons are linked to Bayern. Mm. We have started with Wirtz. Bayern may be interesting in Wirtz. May be interesting in Alonso. May be interesting in Boniface. And so on and so on. A good old trick from Bayern. The problem is that Emil Forsberg is saying, and as a Norwegian, I'm, I'm I have to love a Swede as a, our neighbor, of course. <laughs> but but what is what he what he does say is that Leverkusen, Leipzig are developing. The problem for German football is that Bayern are developing as well. Uh, so many players take the next step. I think they're not finished yet with their buying in this transfer window as as well. And with Harry Kane, I mean, when Harry Kane comes there and do all these vital goals and many goals, that is quite hard to to develop quicker, let's put it that way. Well, of course, we saw today Harry Kane's former teammate, Eric Dyer, make that loan move from Spurs to join Bayern Munich. This is only until the end of the season, but I don't think it's a... Well, something we would expect. Of course, we've been discussing it over the last uh, couple of weeks. It was a surprise then. It has been confirmed now. Uh, this is what Thomas Tuchel had to say about the latest addition to his squad. He's a specialist at centre-back. Wow. He has also played as a number six in the Premier League, but not anymore for a long time. We're getting in for the centre-back position. He can play right or left centre-back as well as in the back three. We got him mainly so Leon Goretzka can be free to play in midfield and doesn't have to switch to centre-back anymore. Regarding other positions, well, we'll see what happens. What do you make of this deal, Jan? 
Well, first of all, I think we have to go back to why he's not playing at Tottenham. They say that he can't play if you have a high pressure because then they're vulnerable at the space behind them, like Bayern. So that is quite interesting. But we also know that Bayern have been struggling to get that centre-back. There's a bit of lack of numbers there. Boateng, good old Boateng, is still around training with the, with the, with the second team. But for private reasons, they didn't want to sign him. So they'd be desperate to find someone. And I guess Harry Kane wanted to have a friend there as well. I mean, uh, we can laugh about that. But I think that is, that is vital as well. This is all on Thomas Tuchel, Jan? Not all on Thomas Tuchel, but they, they kind to, to give him the thing that every English player linked to Bayern is his wish because he, he stayed in Engl- England, of course. I think this is more on, uh, on, on Freund, Christoph Freund, because he, he, this is his first transfer window, so to say. Uh, a friend of mine who is very into to Bayern said that this could be a de- daily blint 2-0. 2-0, oh. the, the new version. And he, he wasn't very successful at Bayern. Having said that, I mean, how hard could it be to play defender at Bayern? Because they always got the ball, don't they? I know, Meccano's made it look hard work, hasn't he? <laughs> uh, over, over the last few months. Uh, overall, mm. is Eric Dyer going to be part of this Bayern Munich side that is going to come back and once again win the title? Uh, if, if that's the case, then Bayern are in trouble. If, if they're depending on Eric Dyer to be the defender that is the difference between them winning a title or not, then we have a different conversation in our hands. Eric Dyer is there for numbers, is there for depth, is there as an option, but not as the answer. You still got to get the answer from Kim Min-jae, of course, Dayo Pamecano, Matias Delict. Is he ever going to get healthy? Is he ever going to get fit? Those are the guys that are going to get the priority. And if one of those guys is not available, then Eric Dyer moves up in the, in the chain, I suppose. But he is not. And I mean not the answer to any of the issues that Bayern Munich has defensively currently. How's Harry Kane feeling, Shaq? Well, Four points behind. He moves to, <laughs> moves to Bayern. And they can write this is Eric shows up on his doorstep. <laughs> um, listen, to, to, to Jan's point, the only thing that makes sense here is that uh, Harry Kane has a countryman now in, in the dressing room. Uh, otherwise, I... Nothing about this makes an awful lot of sense to me. I, I do not think Eric Dyer is a good centre-back at all. I think he's actually better playing as a six, as a defensive midfielder. But then Thomas Tuchel is speaking about, well, I'm playing him as, as, as a centre-back. So, so much of it just, just doesn't add up. Other than, well, we have a player who we can use maybe in multiple positions. If we have injuries, if we decide to rotate, we have somebody that we can just plug in if, 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 we, if we so desire. Otherwise, I, I don't see how this adds to, to Bayern Munich at all. Let me throw something out there when it comes to the number six position. That is something that Thomas Tuchel has said. We don't have that guy, even though Joshua Kimmich is there. We don't have that guy. In the best two performances that Bayern Munich has had this season, the common denominator is uh, Joshua Kimmich wasn't playing. He was suspended and he was out uh, ill. It's going to be interesting to see on Friday where the Joshua Kimmich is actually starting as in the central midfield for uh, Bayern Munich. There has been some speculation and conversation that Kimmich would be put as a right back and that indeed it would be Konrad Leimer and Pavlovich or a combination of Rafael Guerrero and Konrad Leimer and Leon Goretzka that will play in the midfield. That's some of the conversation that is going on. The reason as to why he kind of dismisses the possibility of Eric Dyer playing as a number six is because he would only add more to the conversation and the speculation as to what happens with Joshua Kimmich. 
And for those that do not know, Joshua Kimmich carries a lot of weight at Bayern Munich. And so therefore, how he treats this situation and how he handles the situation will go a long way in determining the success of Thomas Tuchel and Bayern Munich this season. Thomas Tuchel, about future uh, signings, he said, we'll see. Will there be any more additions between now and the end of the transfer window, do you think, Jan? Yes, I think they will look for a six, number six. It's quite interesting what Alice is uh, talking about there because Joshua Kimmich, for, for people who don't know that, one year ago he was the biggest hope of German football. This is a future Bayern captain. He's a future Germ Germany captain and he's now... I mean, he's not out in the cold, but he's not playing a lot. And as Ali's saying, they play better without him. And it's also interesting his position in, in, in the German national team. So he's desperate to get uh, number six. He wants that uh, every coach wants this balanced player. That's the, that's the key player. And that will keep on going. This is a, it's a, a, Eric Dyer is a guy they get for zero transfer. They will take over his wages and so on. And uh, there is no option, I guess, uh, for, for this player. So this is just, this is just for free. This is every, everything that he can bring, uh, uh, to the table is a plus for them. So I think that Bayern is very much out in the market and want at least one more player. And they will look for, uh, a, a number six or they will look for a left back has also been talked about to get a, a left back in. Bayern do understand that this, year could be the year probably not but this could be the year that uh, another team can win the league and it won't be RB Leipzig Emil Forsberg said still said us I, th I think that is quite significant that he would like to see uh, RB Leipzig doing well but this is all about Bayer Leverkusen and or Bayern. It, of course, will be an emotional evening on Friday uh, at the Allianz Arena, given that, of course, it's yeah. the first game since the passing of uh, Franz Beckenbauer. Um, we've seen tributes being paid from people from all over the world, Jan. It's the first time uh, you've been on. I'd like to get your memories of him. Well, first of all, this is one of the players. I'm, I'm born in 67. This is one of the reasons I got in love with football. I mean, I remember my first game. I'm so old that I remember the World Cup final when I was seven, West Germany against Holland. I, I do support Johan Cruyff, uh, but Franz Beckenbauer, of course, being the winner, being the skipper later than the Kaiser. And then I had the privilege when I, I worked in, in Germany. I had him as, as a colleague. You can imagine working with Franz Beckenbauer, Der Kaiser. Uh, and he came there in, 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 the, in the bus before for a show in Dortmund. I remember the first time I had the time to, to spend with him. He's, you probably said this on the show, but he's more than a football player. He's one of the greatest personalities of Germany. This is a global football star. He also went to USA, did his stuff there with Pelé and Cosmos and so on. So this is a oh, this week has been very, very sad. Uh, he's a fixed starter in the Heaven Eleven, of course, uh, with Gert Müller and Sir Bobby Charlton and all the rest of the big, big stars that have, have left us. A, a fantastic personality. And one also is, is not been a lot of talked about, but he was one of the first commercial stars of football because he got an agent very early that kind of built him up, had great, great uh, commercial deals. Franz Beckerbauer was, was, was the greatest. We'll be showing you the tribute and, of course, reflecting on Bayern's first game of the year on the next edition of ESPN FC, so please join us. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't a search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. 
Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work, use Indeed for scheduling, screening and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash FC. Just go to Indeed.com slash FC right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on the podcast. Indeed.com slash FC, terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. It's a cold night on Teesside, Middlesbrough, the old steel town in the northeast of England. They did win this competition 20 years ago. Chelsea, of course, are the favourites. Is Johnny Howson. He's given the ball away to Palmer of all people, and Palmer drags it wide. What a good finish from Palmer. Isaiah Jones getting it back, and a goal from Hackney for Middlesbrough. That's what they were looking for. Game on here. Fernandez now. Oh, the goalkeeper's made a miss of it. Palmer couldn't control it. What an opportunity. And the final whistle goes. It's a big, famous night for Middlesbrough. They beat Chelsea by a goal to nil in the first leg of the Carabao Cup semi-final. Welcome to Anfield for the first leg of this second Carabao Cup semi-final between Liverpool and Fulham. Herrera and Willian dancing and scoring now there's a turn up for the books just what Fulham needed Jones lining one up and deflected past Leno Liverpool level then they go and get a winner here Nunez Gakpo Cody Gakpo Liverpool have got two in as many minutes. Jones and then Gakpo turned the tie in Liverpool's favour, but Fulham have home advantage to come. And those two legs will be available later on this month. Chelsea taking on Middlesbrough, Fulham against Liverpool. But it's all about your former team, isn't it, Jan? Middlesbrough getting it done against Chelsea. They're going to win it all now. <laughs> uh, it was a fantastic game. It was a fantastic atmosphere. It was on the 66th birthday of a fantastic chairman, Steve Gibson. Uh, a great, great night. And when Shaka was in Newcastle, I was at Teesside. I was at, at, at Middlesbrough. Uh, uh, f- fun fact, I played the first game at the Riverside 
we we beat Chelsea two 0 and I made a bus Aldrin goal. Uh, never nobody will listen to that that I scored a second goal because Craig Higgins scored the first at the stadium. So it means a lot to them. They are in down in the Championship. It's going to be tough. It's going to be the battle of Stamford Bridge, of course. But I still think there is a is a chance. I mean, in the first half we saw the chances here. Palmer could have one or two two goals for them. But, but all credit to to uh, Middlesbrough. There were some injuries as well. They battled and they, they won, uh, won the game. So this is happy time at uh, Teesside. Uh, now, interesting enough, this weekend we're going to see two teams who are in the semi-final facing off against each other. Chelsea against them. It's a bit of a strange weekend in the Premier League. You've got five ties this weekend. Whoever's not playing, have a little break. And then those ten teams are back next weekend. Well, this lot have a break. I think that makes sense. Uh, <laughs> sure, sure. <laughs> at the title ones. Uh, Liverpool, one of those teams that will be having a break. As it stands, they sit top of the table. Three points clear of Villa. Manchester City in third. Arsenal fourth. Jan, we haven't had you on in for a while. Uh, let's talk first. Erling Haaland, is he ever going to be fit? <laughs> I think there is a chance now that uh, Alfie Haaland will play uh, wow. ahead of Erling Haaland. <laughs> but uh, yes, he's been out for a while. I think that I'm, I'm going at, uh, at the Shaka's hometown this week and I'm doing Newcastle against the City. It, my tip is we won't see him there. I think also that they hope for a easier draw in the FA Cup to make him get into the, uh, the, the things there. There is a game in the middle, I think it's 31st of, uh, of January. They're playing Chelsea, I think. There is a game there. If I will put my money on that, I will think that it will be at least back there. All the reports saying that if things go slowly or but steady, uh, better and he will be back soon. Quite two good signings for Manchester City in this transfer window, Erling Haaland and uh, De Bruyne. Yeah, not too bad as well. Erling Haaland's gone missing, as has uh, Martin Odegaard. What's happened to him, Jan? Uh, uh, well, now I, I can't buy your narrative. We, we, we learned that in some schools, didn't we? Uh, Martin Odegaard's rest of the uh, Arsenal team are struggling a bit at uh, at the moment. Uh, I think there is a lot of things going on there. I mean, the Fulham game was terrible, but West Ham in the last game, they, they were at least uh, up there. But I don't like the way uh, Arteta is finding excuses for performances because the hardest thing in football is to score goals. Uh, and, and still, they created a lot of chances against, uh, against Liverpool, but there is a lack of something. There's a lack of skill. There is, there's not only lack of of luck, because this is also to have that skill to score those goals. And I've been a big, big defender of Kai Harvers. I like him. I, I remember him back in the, in the Leverkusen days. He's one of the, the guys. But as a number nine, he's not a number nine. Against Liverpool, his confidence was so low. You just saw it. When he came to a scoring position, he, he, he thought himself, well, i got to have a shot. I know I won't score, but I just have to have a shot now. And that is uh, something that they have to change soon. I think Arsenal will be, will be back because I, I guess maybe the crisis is, yes, on the results. But if you see on the table, they're still in there. So uh, I think that Martin Odegaard and Arsenal will be back. And they've got Palace, of course, next up, um, who've been struggling of late as well, Jan. How many horses are in this race? Uh, I said before the season, I thought that uh, Liverpool would be the main challenger for, uh, oh, for, for Manchester back, City. Yeah. Yes, yes, I do. I do. <laughs> so I, I would say this is a two-horse race. Oh, uh, really? I four out of it? Uh, yes. Because of Odegaard's form? <laughs> uh, be because of lack of a striker. Because uh, when Liverpool have Salah and they have other players who can score goals, uh, Manchester City got Haaland, they got Alvarez. Arsenal haven't, haven't got any 
proven goal scorer. I think that win the competitive Premier League. And I, yes, I haven't forgotten uh, Aston Villa, but I think that Aston Villa will, will, will be very happy to be top four. So I think this is a race between Liverpool and, and City. And I do think that Liverpool have a great, great chance to win the trophy this season because they have picked points also at a time where they weren't that good. So it's going to be a fantastic end of the season in, in England. It's never good when it, someone starts a sentence with, I always used to be a fan of Kai Havertz. You know, <laughs> <laughs> you know it's all going to go downhill uh, from that. I haven't spoken to you about Premier League for a while. You know, oh, we haven't been not? on together. Uh-huh. What do you make of what we've seen over the last couple of weeks and how will it define what we'll see at the end of the season? Uh, I think a separation as to who the real contenders are and those that perhaps not so much. The trend for Arsenal right now is troubling and you see a team that is trying to find answers and a manager who's trying to find answers and whatever reasons or whatever excuses he can come up with doesn't quite match what we're seeing on the field. And what we're seeing on the field is a team that is struggling not only to score goals but to find results. I don't know how that trend stops for Arsenal. And so, therefore, it feels like, yes, Manchester City, they are the ones to beat. But Liverpool, if they can just maintain some level of pressure on Manchester City and force Manchester City to be perfect, for Manchester City to get three points at a time, because you go ahead and get three points yourself, is going to give Liverpool every chance to win this title. How much of this warm weather break that Arsenal are going on help reset everything? Um, Despite the fact the families are there, which Stevie's very angry about. <laughs> Stevie won. I, I, I'm not sure. I, listen, I, I think Arsenal's problems have been there for everybody to see. A, a lack of a goal scorer, we've been seeing that probably since the first week of December. They've been able to get by without that out and out goal scorer, but that catches up with you eventually. Um, Warm weather break, if they sign a goal scorer, I'm sure helps a whole lot more. But no real suggestion of, of that happening as, as of right now. I know we've got another just short of three weeks to go in the transfer window. Um, that is, is the only solution. I, I don't see how, how Saka and Havertz are the goal scorers that carry you to a, a Premier League title. They'll only get you that far. It got quite heated yesterday between Shaka and Craig, and I just wanted to get your view on what they were discussing. Okay. Uh, Onana won't play for Cameroon in the opening game of their African oh, yeah. Cup of Nations. Mm. He retired. Manchester United signed him with the knowledge that he wouldn't play international football. Mm. He's come out of retirement now. United and Cameroon have done a deal that Onana will miss that opening game and play against Spurs on Sunday. Mm-hmm. Do you have a problem with that? So I saw the uh, heated conversation between Shaka yes. and Craig. Shaka was trying to keep it civil, but obviously Craig, not, not so much. Uh, I understand where Shaka is coming from and saying that you're trying to find a, a happy place, a happy medium between the federation and the club. My issue is, if you're the manager of the national team, yeah. and I have a team that I have to tend to, my responsibility is a team, not, not one player, but a team, I want everybody either in or out. If you're going to be part of this competition, if you're going to be part of this tournament, then be committed to do so from the very beginning. Be part of the preparation. Be part, be part of the group. Because what makes a team successful in a short tournament like this is actually being able to build that group and the strength of that group. And if you have a guy who has turned his back on the national team for whatever the circumstances have been in the past, which is the history of... Yes, of yeah, and left the World Cup early on. Yeah, okay. Left the World Cup. Biggest... Team tournament, national team tournament in the world. And he has that sort of history. For him to be allowed to do this, you are not sending the right sort of message to your team and to your group. So in that regard, I think it's 
poor management. So to... Craig's right and Shaq is wrong? No, no, no. Hold on a second. I will never admit uh, that's to what that. I'm hearing. That's what I'm hearing. I will never admit to that. <laughs> and the other thing I would say is, and this is the part in which I agree with Shaka, the player is the one that is always in the middle of this nonsense. The, the player is the one that is pulled in two different directions. And, I, and from experience, I missed out on a Copa America tournament because it was the middle of the season here in Major League Soccer. And now, admittedly, I wasn't going to be a starter for the national team in this competition. I was basically going to come off the bench. And that was the conversation that was being had between the club and the national team. So, well, if he's going to play, he can go. But if he's not going to play, we'll play him here. Wow. We'll need him here. That put me in the middle of a conversation that I didn't want to be a part of. It's not that I was choosing team or club team over national team. I had no choice. They were having a conversation that affected me. And so I missed out on the opportunity of an international tournament. That in itself, for the player, is unfair. But I'm looking at it from somebody who wanted to be part of the national How team. How was your mood during that time? And not very good. Oh, well, that's <laughs> not very good, as you might imagine. I missed out on, yeah. a, on an international tournament because the team, the club team, and the national team could not come to terms. And who's the one that suffered those consequences? Me. No. Not the club team. And the family the, probably, you probably brought it home. Well, maybe honest. some negativity <laughs> spilled over. Maybe <laughs> some negativity spilled over. Here's my counter to, to the first part of, the, of that point. Um, I think Rigobert Song, Cameron Manchester, is already compromised. Now, if I'm managing a, a, a team and a player walks out during the World Cup, he's not coming, in, he's not coming back in under my watch. He can, when they hire the next manager, he can come back, he can declare whatever, whatever he wants. But if I'm in charge of this team... He's not coming back in. He's deserted us once already. So, um, so the fact that he's, Onana is invited to have these conversations, Song's already compromised. He's not calling any of these shots. He's got zero authority. So, you know, um, so to, to say then that um, yeah. now he, he, you're looking after the rest of the team, well... Well, but, but I'm saying yeah. it, I'm saying, I, I'm saying, I'm saying it's poor management yeah. to begin with. To yeah. begin with. Yeah, even but, even but, allowing the player back is poor management. Go on, Jan. Uh, now, I'm just thinking that we, we have to understand the history here of the national coach. Maybe Sung, the national coach, is very happy with this solution. Uh, there is a, a guy who, uh, who left at the World Cup for different reasons. We know now that there was a thing with, between him and the national coach. He's playing for Manchester United. He's a big star. He's a well-known star. So if he says, I'm ready to come back to the national team, well, I have to let him get in. There is no chance that the national coach will let him play against Spurs if he planned with him in this tournament. I think this is not even a compromise for Song. I think he will do a break dance, be happy that this is the solution. So I, I don't think it is any problem. There is no chance that Onana would have played in the first game anyway. So I think that uh, we are over-analyzing over this because I think that the, the national coach is happy with the solution that is happening. And everything is just, yeah, they signed him when he was not playing for Cameroon and there were different things and he come back. There should be same rule for every player in the Asia Cup and the AFCON. Now, you have to see uh, the, the more individually. And I think everybody are happy here. Onana can play. Manchester United, the way they have trusted a second goalkeeper, I mean, that is second to none. I mean, he, he wouldn't have played anywhere. They would have played with an outfield player if Onana didn't uh, turn up for this game. Wow. So I think everybody will be happy with this solution.
And his part of it is just the goalkeeper, it doesn't really matter. What? So Shaq. Just to remind you, you can see uh, yesterday's discussion between Craig and Shaq, uh, which ended with Craig saying they hope Cameroon lost 5 0. And Craig has his, his shirt buttoned down as well, which was oh. interesting. And Stevie was very calm, which is uh, very weird. Uh, go over to our YouTube channel. We saw a great weekend, didn't we, across the border of FA Cup matches, and it looks set to continue at the end of the month. Spurs against City, Chelsea against Villa, Fulham against Newcastle. Just some of the highlights. We'll be bringing you them exclusively live right across the board on ESPN+. Speaking of domestic cups, Juventus are through to the semi-final after thrashing Frosinone by four goals to nil. That sets up a mouth-watering tie with Lazio. In the other semi-final, just a reminder that was decided yesterday, Atalanta, who beat Milan, will take on Fiorentina. They'll be discussing this, um, what's going on at Milan on the latest edition of the Gab and Jewels, but this Robbo, who is oh. there, as you can see, working hard, Robbo, isn't he? Yeah. Looking rough. Yeah. Uh, be sure to <laughs> check it out. <laughs> Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Uh, that's yeah. it. That brings us to the end of uh, today's show. Fear not, though. Jan is back. Yes. First extra time with Jan in the new year. I oh. like extra time with Jan. <laughs> and, you, and you two are here. Oh, thank you, Dan. Thank you. <laughs> as well. Uh, be sure to stay tuned. <laughs> Welcome in then to the latest edition of Extra Time. Ali, do you mind demonstrating your uh, turn oh, of pace? Oh, change of pace? Yeah, that would be oh, lovely. Go. Thank oh, you very go. much. All right. Uh, Shaka, That's... maybe not as much because we ate a lot of cake today. Yeah, uh, yeah. Because ESPN Deportes celebrated 20 years. <laughs> Tell you what. And, and Shaka was on cake duty and did very well. You, were, you weren't going to run Jan Oblak with that. Well, yes, I was. No, 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 no what hey, I just saw. There. I was getting around Jan Oblak and Jan Agafirta. No, you, you could be <laughs> any Jan Oblak. <laughs> Happy birthday, Jan. Is it your birthday today, Jan? Yesterday I was, oh. uh, I can't remember how old I was, but oh, you already yeah, told yeah. us, you already told us <laughs> how did you celebrate? We I did celebrate to think over how old I'm getting. Oh. <laughs> and to, tomorrow, tomorrow my son is 30. Yes. So that means that I got a son who is 30. Can you believe it? That <laughs> makes me even older. Oh, well, there we are. <laughs> Have you, Shaq or Ali, played a match on your birthday in your career? And was it memorable, Jan? You ever played one on your birthday, scored a goal maybe? I probably scored on any date of the year, well, but I can't course. remember. Uh, yeah, but but I played in England, so I probably have, but I, I can't remember if. And I, 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 not any memorable uh, game, so then I probably haven't scored on my birthday. Ali? I did, with the Houston Dynamo and scored a goal and actually sang happy birthday to myself in the corner as I went and celebrated. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> happy birthday to me. <laughs> I did it. 
Can't say I didn't do it. I did it. I didn't say you didn't do it. I believe it was you. a great goal too. Well, I, that now I'm doubting. It was a good goal. Well, it's a long run. Three and a half. You finished from three and a half yards. Yeah. No, it's a little further than that. Left uh, foot it was, near post. Real, a lot of power. Yeah. A lot of power. Uh, 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 Shaq, do you remember yes, like that? I do. I, I, 35th birthday, yes. of course it's significant, 35 is retirement age as, as a footballer, in more regarded as. Um, FA Cup tie, Portsmouth at home to Liverpool, I break my finger in the warm-up, don't oh. realise, <laughs> oh. play on, save a penalty from Michael Owen, we win 1-0. Happy days! Wow. Wow. And, and, oh. and, and it was Carnival Saturday, it was Carnival Saturday. Broke my finger, didn't realize until I go for x-rays on the Monday, it's Carnival Monday, so couldn't even go home. How can you not realize yeah, you broke your finger? Yes, yes, yes. How does that happen? I'm really tough. Yeah, are you? <laughs> well, I don't know. <laughs> okay. I'm really tough. What's, wow. What's a real explanation? Yeah, no, that's... I, you just didn't realize you broke it. It hurt. I realized I caught... You, you catch your finger sometimes, and I okay. caught my finger and thought, oh, that but, a little bit. But you're... you. You're right, you realize you saved a penalty though, did you? Yeah, I realized, yeah, I realized, yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that, that part I realized. And then it was Michael Owen taking it. And it was Michael Owen, yeah, it was yeah. on my birthday. Yeah. I was most upset yeah. because I, if, I, if I knew I broke my finger on the Saturday, I could have jumped on a flight on the Sunday. Oh. But then, oh. you know, we were celebrating and then I don't go for the extra until the Monday and at that yeah. point it's too late. That was... Surely at 35 you had plenty of children that you should be looking after, not just swanning off to carnival. I had a few. <laughs> <laughs> now, uh, talk, talk us through the penalty save from Owen. How did you know, or how did it come about? Because um, you never speak about your prolific penalty saves. I, I, I went to my left, that's all I remember. Good. <laughs> <laughs> I went left. Went left? And did yeah. you save it with the broken finger hand? Well, I, I, I generally Great. use both my hands when I'm saving. Oh, you did a two save. Yeah, I use, I wow. use both. So, Shaq, so Is hold it, on a second. So, you, you suspected that your finger. No, I didn't was, suspect it was broken. Okay, at so all. why you go for x rays? Well, after the game. Right. So, I'm warming up, kind of feels all odd. I'm like, all right. Yeah, but I'm, carnival, carnival's on the on. table. Yeah, no, I'm not even thinking of that. I'm oh. playing on, you know, it's my birthday, blah, blah, blah. And then, you know, next day, wake up in the morning and I think, good God, that's hurting. Oh. You know, and. and um, Okay, but, but again, but, carnival but, was on the table. Yeah, but Shaka, I, I, I would like to say, Shaka, I mean, storytelling, we all say how important storytelling is. Just to sum up this, you played against Michael Owen, great, great player, winning Ballon d'Or. You save a penalty with nine fingers, and you just say, you threw yourself to the left. I mean, is that your story? Is that your story? Right. Have you met Shaka before? Yeah. That's more detail than we normally get. Stealthy. Stealth. Uh, Jan, what season will Chelsea make the Champions League again? Uh, I'm 57 now. i will probably be over 60. Over 60, yeah. I think that's fair enough. Yeah. Ali, you're... I'm not 57. No. <laughs> uh, but I'll probably be 50 by the time Chelsea yes. gets back to Yeah, Champions when are you 50? Uh, five years. Wow, five years. There you are. No, but seriously, it will, it will take some time. Yes. It will take some time because they, they have to need out, uh, sort out that team. The problem is with Pochettino. Uh, Pochettino, we all love his character. We like him and everything. But I'm just wondering, would we have we had more impatient if it was another manager? Because I can't see any progress. I mean, no. I'm struggling to see a progress. Yeah, and who is more likely to, what is more likely to happen, sorry? Kane not winning anything this season, or Timo Werner scoring 15 plus goals for Spurs? Oh, that is a good one. 
because uh, his record at Chelsea is not as bad as everybody think. If you take uh, the involvement, assists and goals. Will, well, Kane, I don't think Bayern will win the Champions League. I don't think they're good enough to do that with that defense and that lack of number six. So that means the Bundesliga is left. Uh, I will say it's a 51-49 advantage, Mr. Kane. Mm. Uh, if Sancho Ali regains pre-United form at Dortmund, okay. what does that say about United and their talent management? We've seen several examples <laughs> of big money United signings that seemingly forget how to play football. Yes, it's not a good look for Manchester United and it's more confirmation of I think we already know this story that players go to Manchester United, whatever the circumstances are in the club, coaching situation, players, locker room, uh, at the executive level, it's all affecting the performances out on the field and it affects young players, old players, middle of the pack players. Nobody at Manchester United right now can raise their hand and say, I'm having a good season. I'm playing well. I, you know what? I'm the guy that you can lean on. And everybody's sort of affected by this black cloud that just hangs over the club. And so, yes, if Jaden Sancho were to go back to Dortmund and play well and be productive and score goals, then obviously the reaction is going to be, well, why, 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 why can that happen under Ten Hag? Wasn't he supposed to be the whisperer, the guy that was going to get the best out of Jaden Everyone Sancho? Everyone would just say, oh, the Bundesliga is easy. Well, and I can also tell you this. In him going back to Borussia Dortmund, it's not guaranteed success because then Terzic himself has, has said about James Sancho once he left to Manchester United that there needed to be some growing up and maturing for James Sancho to be successful at Manchester United. Now he comes back to Borussia Dortmund and you have to manage this guy mm -hmm. once again. We'll see if indeed there's been some growing up and maturing happening for James Sancho. Uh, Shaka, was there ever a time when you knew you weren't playing well and went to the manager and asked to be dropped for a couple of games to get yourself right? Or would that have been completely frowned upon from your teammates? Completely frowned upon. Yeah. You there, get it through there, there yourself. There's many a time I've not, not been playing well, but my focus was on just kind of playing through that slump. Right. You don't, you don't ask to get left off. No. Yeah, and you, I, imagine, I, can't, I imagine the same for you, yes? Absolutely, and I think especially, well, for any player, I mean, Shaka, the goalkeeper, I'm the goal-getter, you just hope that in a terrible, terrible game, the, and you haven't had the luck for a while, that some play ball will hit you in the back of your head and go in and you win 1-0. I mean, that is also, also the thing for a striker, you, even in games where you're struggling, you just hope, keep on going, keep on going. So even if you're bad, you are so desperate to play, to turn it around and get a winner, get a goal, get a win, being a part of that team. And most players that get to this sort of level get there because they have an inner drive. Right. And, and there is something about ego, there is something about pride that says, this team is better when I'm on the field. To give up hope and say, actually, they're better off without me, now it's time to go that. home at that point. You may, you may feel that way, but you don't accept it. You don't, you don't take it in and say, you know what, in a moment of reflection, this team is better without me. No chance. That's not happening. Ali, with Real Madrid reportedly looking into Alfonso Davies, which left back would you prefer at Madrid, Teo Hernandez or Davies? Oh, good I, question. I, man. I'm going to say Alfonso Davies because it's, it's undeniable the element of speed that he brings mm -hmm. to the game. And just think about this from the Real Madrid perspective. Vinny, he throws himself on the left, but now is playing alongside Rodrigo as a front two. 
when he tucks inside and he's going to attract a lot of attention from the outside backs and the center backs of opposing teams, that leaves that whole left flank open for speed. Where would that speed come from? Alfonso Davis. I think it would set up perfectly for Real Madrid. For that reason, I'm going to say Alfonso Davis. Wow. Dan, it's time to end the debate that has not let me sleep peacefully. Rank according to their pace. Oblak, Shaka, Jan, <laughs> Ali, and the fish. I have to say, wow. I, I have to say today, coincidentally, I was with the chairman of that club who had that rice race with me and the fish. Yes. And I said to them, yes, you have Karsten Warholm, 400 meter hurdles winner, two times world champion, Olympic gold, but I tell you, I'm more well known for my runs in the USA than Karsten Warholm. Yes. <laughs> it's very true, very true. Uh, the problem is now Jan's a year older, mm -hmm. so a year slower, yeah. Yeah. so oh, I think the fish yeah. would catch him. Oh, mm. yeah. You too. Yeah. So, oh, and then, oh, then, oh, then, oh, then oh, I we, we have our own um, FIFA rankings right, right. thing. I think, uh, without a doubt, the fastest out of the five, the four of you, is the fish. What? The fish comes in on top. Oh, I, I put the fish is best now. Yeah. Is it best now, the fish? Uh, yeah, I would okay. say the fish. I put O Black second. What? No, see that? I, I, no, I, no, see, no, I don't think either of you would have got even close to Brahim Diaz yesterday. I would have gotten close to Oblak. Then I think I'm gonna. <laughs> <laughs> then I think I'm gonna go Shaka. What? Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah, I think Shaka. Are you kidding me? And then I would say Ali. FIFA rankings have told us in the past. Yeah. Yes, that, yes, that his speed yes. is something that is not rated as one of his assets. Oh well. Unless it's his Deceptive. birthday. <laughs> Deceptive speed, baby. And then, then I'm gonna put Jan just as the elder of the group. Uh, um, that, that's yeah. why. Yeah, that's why. Uh, as the as no, the, no problem. No pros, no protest from Norway. No, no. protest. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, and the final question. Uh, oh, that wasn't it. <laughs> a special one for you, Alan. <laughs> Would you take Jan's hair if it meant you also had his speed? <laughs> See, Jan's hair doesn't match my personality. I, I, it's nothing to do with your hair. Nothing to do with your hair. Uh, it's a shot at me. What, what, what I've, what, I've seen you with hair like that when you were a Viking for um, Halloween one year. Uh, yeah, that, that was a wig, uh, Dan. Yes, I, I know, but Jan's hair is similar and you look better. <laughs> <laughs> did, did you find it sexy? No, I said you look better. Okay. The bar's, the bar's All right. low. All right. Just to know what, what's Jan's hair's personality? Well, I'm gonna say I'm, I'm not. No, no. It's it, no. It's just as I'm saying. My hair, when when it used to get long, it, it wouldn't grow long or out. <laughs> yeah. It would, you know, it would curl. Right. You, you, hold on. You said Jan's hair would match your personality. Well, because it won't. I you know, know what I, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not a long hair, flowing lock sort of guy. You know. It's <laughs> you not but, but it's the same. No, but Shaka, that's fine because I don't think that uh, the boldness of Al would match my personality either. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> I think that's fair. That's right. <laughs> no, that's, that's. Plus, plus, this hair would slow me down. You know what I'm saying? Well, you know, this is more aerodynamic. Right, right. This is aerodynamic. Hero. Hero. Are we living here for the fish? Yes, that's it. Yeah. <laughs> 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 <laughs>
Are you all right? You pretend you've got I'm hair. I'm fixing my hair. All right. Okay. It's beautiful. And thank you for that. Wow. That is it then. That brings us to the end of extra time. ESPN FC will be back tomorrow. Would I have to wear a headband? Kay and Ali will be in the studio. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Uh, of course, we talk about Bayern Munich's oh. first game of 2024. Shaq is here as well. Yeah, yeah. Oh, hey. Careful that finger. <laughs>